PLZshutup.com titled Sales versus Followers, What's Real? And, you know, he basically kind of just highlighted how he's not trying to exploit Little Pump or anything, but used him as an example in a trend where artists who have a massive audience on social media platforms fail to sell the numbers that would reflect their huge following. For example, Little Pump has 17.8 million followers on Instagram, but only sold about 48,000 equivalent album units, while an artist like Russ, who only has 2.3 million followers on Instagram, sold 30,000 more equivalent units, almost 80,000 equivalent album units. So what's real? That's what Kevin's asking. He goes by Monsa on the site. That's his pen name. And, you know, like, why do you, why do you guys think that is? I think... I think in the case of Lil Pump, I think on social media he puts a lot of, he puts out a lot of content that people like. He he does a lot of crazy shit. But that doesn't necessarily mean that his followers translate to his sales. So not everyone that follows him obviously is following him for music, even though he's an artist. People are following him because he's entertaining on social media. They like his social media persona, per se. But they don't necessarily like his music, nor even listen to his music. So, you know, social media is becoming a lot, it's very transparent these days. And I mean, this is just an example. I think it's very interesting. A lot of people have been saying it's, um, it's a cool topic. So shout out, shout out Kev. But I think it's really interesting. People with a lot of followers don't necessarily mean that they're pushing their product or service heavy at all. It could just be because they look good on social media or because they do some foolish shit on social media, like they're entertaining on social media, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their product or service or whatever they're about, their business, is that profitable. So, what do you guys think about that? No, I think you nailed it. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, each person has a personality related to each social media account you have. So, you know, if Lil Pump, he's putting out stuff more so to do this personality on Instagram that's not necessarily associated with his music and people are going to follow it, not necessarily for his music. They're going to look at it and they will be like, oh, this guy's entertaining, I'm following him on here. You know, if he wasn't entertaining, my less followers, if he was like promoting only music, then maybe his followers are going to be more of his like fans that are fans to the music. Um, it really just depends on the content you're pretty much putting out there and whatever platform. You know, if he has a Twitter, like whatever he's putting on Twitter might be different than Instagram, so you're following him a little bit different there too. 
it, so each Instagram is one thing, uh, Twitter is one thing, Facebook's one thing. Like name the platform, and it's like a whole other thing. The environment, the culture, uh, the type of content you put on there, it's all different. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is, Lil Pump is he's a a big streamer, like he's he's a stream guy. So when Soft he drops when, when he when he drops something, he gets a lot of streams, and I'm willing to bet that it's a lot more than when Russ drops something. So while Russ, he's selling a lot more albums, Lil Pump is getting a lot more streams. And these days, streams equal a big, big, big payout. And that it's consistent. It's a monthly, monthly thing. So when you say streams, you're talking about the single streams, like the streams he gets from his singles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you can stream albums too. You can stream albums, but... He's not pushing, selling the albums. Right. He'll drop them on, like, make a deal with Spotify and drop it on Spotify or something. But to be honest, I couldn't even tell you, like, his hit single from Harvard Dropout. That's his latest album, if you guys don't know. But I couldn't tell you Lil Pump's hit single off of the Harvard Dropout. I didn't listen to the Harvard Dropout. Honestly, yeah, I, I, um, I kind of like went. I've moved past Lil Pump. <laughs> Honestly, he had a couple. He was, he, he had he a was, couple I was there. Ones, I was there from the beginning. So, but I, I've just like he's making the same stuff that he's made in the beginning. Yeah, Lil Pump. I mean, what's a whole new? Uh, the streaming model is just so different. So they talk like I. I don't remember what I was reading, but they were talking about how with streams, it's all about the stream, like the click, the playthrough. And so the streamers, the guys, I don't know if Lil Pump does it, but like if you were looking at more of a streamer type person, their songs are typically shorter and they don't make albums. They put out single streams and they get a bunch of streams and it's a bunch of money. And they put another one and another one and another one. And they keep their songs shorter because on their end, that's less work. Your song's shorter, that's less recording time, that's less it's money for the studio. And then you also get a full play. Yeah, that's a full play. Yeah. And then that means they don't have to be in the studio for so long making a whole album. It's just like, oh, I'm going to go make a single. I'm going to make a bunch of money off it. I'm oh, going to put yeah. it out there. I'm going to do it again whenever I feel like it. I don't have to be in the you know in the studio making a whole album and trying to get that out there and make every song over four minutes or over three minutes. I can put one out there for a minute and a half and still get a bunch of right. streams. So it's just a whole different model, too. And You can tell also based off like genre and kind of age and because Lil Pump's newer, relatively newer, compared to maybe some of the other people out there. And some of the other people out there that are older, they might be making albums still. Because that, that's what they know. That's how they do their work. But the newer generation, they're coming up and, you know, are we going to see albums in the future? Are we going to see only streams? Are we going to see like a stream set where it's instead of an album, where instead of like you got 10 songs in an album, maybe it's like three, four songs. And they're pretty short. Like EPs. Kind of like EPs. But yeah. when you guys say albums, you're, you're, you're talking hard copies. I'm talking like they can sell it as a hard copy, but you or know, digitally. or digitally, right. but it's like the list of 10, 12, however many songs yeah. on there. It's not just one single or three songs for an EP. Or, right, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Who knows what the future? I mean, I mean, streams are, they have to be the future, right? Oh, like, yeah. But I don't think albums will ever die. I think it's just going to evolve. I think they'll be more creative. Hopefully. Yeah. Now that I know. We're not talking about like, you know, Gambino or these people making uh, videos or kind of going more creative with their stuff. But 
you know, maybe someone like Gambino can change the scene and start making like movies along with his albums. Right. Or, or just instead of the movies, album, make the movie. Make the movie with and songs that's, in there. Yeah. And then the songs is like the soundtrack of the movie is the album. Exactly. So yeah, you know there's all this room for creativity on top of that, you're not bound by how the old system was like you had to buy a physical C D copy. You know, we grew up and we had to buy the copy. We had Walkmans, we had Find the iPod came out. Right. And back then like people got pissed at Napster. Like iTunes was this brand new thing and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's you can buy music online all of a sudden. And now we got streaming Lime and everyone's water. like like when's the last time you used <laughs> But when was the last time like I haven't bought anything on iTunes in a while. Like I, I just use Spotify or Apple Music or something, I right. stream. I don't buy my stuff on yeah. uh iTunes. So now what's gonna happen after that? Like how are things gonna be relevant? I mean, yeah, iTunes adapted and Apple Music came out of it, so <laughs> I mean, the future is, who knows? Yeah. But I, I think I'd put more of that future more in the creativity of the artists. I want to see what the artists can come up with, you know? This, I mean, uh, granted, the streaming model kind of put a pressure on the artists, like the ones coming out of the new generation, that's why they're doing it. It's not yeah. necessarily like, oh, we're going to do this because it's more creative. It's more because, like, this is how I'm going to make money. They have to. Right, that's they put them in a corner saying like, this is how you can make money fast. And that's right. what they did. And SoundCloud came around and was like, oh, you're not big yet. You can use this platform and get big. You can put songs out there for free yep. and have people listen to you. Uh, and they just live off of that. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a mixture of how do companies sell music and on top of that, how creative can the artist be? And who knows what the next gen is going to end up doing. 2020s. So I get it hot. The Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties. We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> we already got old. Read a lot road. about it in the textbooks. Old road, and it's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the game. The game is changing every day, every day, and artists have to stay ahead of it. I think this conversation that uh, Masa has brought up is very valid. I think it's interesting too. You know, artists are always looking to stay ahead of the game and you know it kind of reminds me of that like the, in the summer last summer when Nicki Minaj got pissed at Travis Scott for um you know exploiting not exploiting but using his merch sales to inflate his his numbers basically for Astroworld I mean that was a good marketing move that was a genius marketing strategy and Nicki Minaj was salty because she was like, oh, well, Astro's not doing that well. Like, he's just using his merch as a tool to inflate his numbers. But it's like, but then, like, Travis's camp is like, so? Why, why didn't you do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, anyone could do that. Yeah. Money's money when it comes to revenue coming in from your exactly. whatever, your music, your whatever your product. As an artist, if Travis decided to put a painting out there along with his album and he's making money off the painting and selling them all, Still revenue going towards yeah. an artist. It was an artist that made that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Artists should start doing that. Dropping albums and coming off paintings along with it. Some artwork with it. Yeah. yeah. I got. I just thought a book. A book. Someone a book or something like make make instrumentals for a, to play while reading a book or something. Merch is merch is though. I mean, you gotta have some merch. Like, I feel like a lot of artists forego the merch just because they don't have they're not really into fashion or they just don't even know you know that kind of side of things with like distribution and all that but I feel like it's a really good way to pad on the 
the stats a little bit. When you get collabs too, like what Cuddy had that one with uh, who was Easy. it? Kanye. Was it with Kid Ghost? Well, no, I'm talking about like apparel. Like some of these artists will actually partner with like name brand oh. apparel companies. Oh, who was it? Was it Supreme? I mean, Tyler partners with Vans. Tyler yeah. Creator partners with Vans. They yeah. have their own shoes. I thought Cuddy did something like Converse or Louis Vuitton. Or he said Rocky was. was with Under Armour with, for his shoes. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. He's with Under Armour. I feel like ASAP might, you know, dip his feet in different companies. He's he all does. about fashion, so yeah, it does. makes sense. If that's your area and what you enjoy, then yeah, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I'm surprised Kanye hasn't come out with a painting or something yet. <laughs> he is always on something else. I mean,. I think this weekend he's doing Coachella with the, the Sunday service. You've seen like the Sunday service mm-hmm. videos and I think they're going to be performing at Coachella with merch available. So that's going to sell out in a snap. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting topic. Should be should be interesting to see how, um, you know, engagement on social media since it's becoming, I mean, social media every day is just becoming more and more transparent. Like. Our lives are, we have a virtual life, and then we have, like, real life. But, like, a lot of the times, um, the virtual life is kind of leaking into real life. Because people think, oh, what they see on your virtual self is is exactly you. But a lot of times, it's just what people want you to see. That's what it is. Like, that's what it is. So, with artists on this bigger scale, we're talking 20 million people. Little Pump has the attention of 20, almost 20 million people, but he can't manage to sell 50,000 uh, album equivalent units. So we'll see. Does he sell merch? Does he sell anything? I don't know if Lil Pump sells merch. I imagine that he does. If not, he definitely do that. Yeah. I'm sure there's other ways he makes money, but. I mean, think about the advertisements and stuff that his music promotions for it. I'm sure there's endless amounts of money, oh, yeah. money coming in from every which way. But if we're talking like sales performance, I mean, it's just not that impressive for someone that has no. almost 20 million yeah. followers. That just goes to show, like, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe, I mean, he definitely got a record deal, so he got some upfront money. Yes. So, but like, how much money does he actually have? Who right. knows? <laughs> it's interesting stuff. Sales versus followers. What's real by Monso on pleaseshutup.com, plzshutup.com. Go check it out. Too many M's to make, to make too many rules to break, too many fighting that case. I gotta find my way. Gotta need new shoes. If I lose, she lose. And I ain't get used to losses. Days like this, I wish all my looks was unchanged I mastered the rap game, I mastered the dope game Still I feel like that I'm godlike on these long flights Something left behind, it don't feel right Can't write the script when it's real life Rich still dodging that bus right From the west side, where don't shit slide We on trip time, seen the field and they lies Can't be serious with no rappers Stay down and what happened Got my daughter that matcher Gave my mother that million Sold my soul to my feelings Can't go blind by too many M's to make, to make too many rules to break. Too many fighting that case. I gotta find my way. Gotta 
gotta need new shoes If I lose, she lose And I ain't get used to losses I'm going off till I crash Fuck all the ops, I kid you not See, we gon' crash My thoughts is sick, I don't have no sense Sometimes I crash Pour up this 1942 and knock me on my It knock me on my Nigga gotta hit the golf course to get a peace of mind Family, friends want a peace of mind I can tell they all piecing up And I can show them where peace resides Since eight years old I knew I'd be rich Cause the college route it wasn't about shit Tried the honest route but chose house slicks Tried to lock me up but can't catch this Now every touchdown is on my X list I'm on a fresh tip Too much time I live in reckless Now at that time up on my left wrist Little rappers ain't impressed Your tax bracket ain't impressed You buy a chain but won't buy no land The hashtag should say desperate I'm kicking game for these young niggas Cause when they'll tell me my daughter uh, All that bullshit I taught her uh, Way too blessed to be normal uh, Up an extra lot where we stand at So girl be proud that your skin black And be happy girl that your hair nap Cause the school system won't teach that Where your father been you gon' reach that Too many M's to make Too many, too many rules to break Too many fighting that case I gotta find my Gotta need new shoes If I lose, she lose And I ain't get used to losses I'm going off till I crash Fuck all the ops I get you not see me Basically covering the history Of the medicinal use of psilocybin Over just basically from the beginning Since tribes were using it in Peru yeah, in like South America. So just basically covering all that. And now they're about to get into like, and they just got over like the te- the trials that have been um, tested on humans. And so no one has history. On, on no one has died from like psilocybin, correct? No. Is that what like the big like. I mean, you can't, Factors. you can't, just like weed, you can't overdose on, on it. That's like, it, it can change you, like, it can change you mentally. Yeah. For sure. Like, right. But I think you just have to be honest with yourself if you feel like that you're. But it like won't mental, result in mentally. Death. No. Right. Not, no. I mean, you should, if you, if you really want to, you can get yourself completely checked like I mean just like you could if you have like a at risk for a heart attack you like might want to get checked out if you know that and like just ask your doctor so thus far in the book what is the what is something that is like resonated with you so far like what is like the most interesting piece of information you've read probably just like by Michael probably just like the connection with spirituality and like how people that have taken the drug have talked about like how they've you know had spiritual experiences and connections with experiences a connection with like an actual connection with something that they can't explain wow (laughs) I guess wow I believe I mean if you look at even you know I'm a tech guy and in tech, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Jobs says one of the best things or one of the top things he did to get him to where he went was LSD. he took LSD. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about, I mean, it's a joke, but like at the same time, I'm sure it's happened several times where people that start companies and are trying to think of a name and they go out to like the desert and take 
you know, shrooms or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden they come out with these names or something you like go that. On a vision quest. Yeah, you go on a vision quest. And, you know, people do things like that. And, I mean, it's worked out for some of them, right? Right. Yeah. I think if you use it the right way, like, the potential is really limitless. Like. So what is the right way? Or how does Michael Pollan describe the right way or the safe way? Well, I think it depends on... Is it person to person? Yeah, it's definitely person to person. Okay. But I mean, you definitely want to be somewhere you feel comfortable and safe. Because, like, somebody's got to be looking after your body while your mind is somewhere else. Someone that is not, like, doing the experience. Yeah, yeah. Someone that you know is, like, that you trust. Like, you should do it with somebody that you trust and probably that has done it before and to guide you in the right way. Right. It's probably about your mindset too. Like yeah, yeah with anything. Sure. Like you don't want to go into it. And it's also about uh you don't want to like do too much, do too little, blah, blah blah. But at the same time, like, you know, people say, uh, don't some people drink when they're angry and then it just like you know, exponentially increases those emotions. Right. I'm sure, like, if you're going into something like this with the mind and the thought process that I want to have a spiritual experience, like, this is what this is for. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's going to make that happen more so. Right. And versus, like, someone just coming in, using it recreationally and just, like, doing all this stuff, just, you know, just, fun. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, you know, every other yeah. day, every night, whatever, just popping, right. whatever it is. Yeah. Because it's not one of those things that you're just supposed to, like, it's not like taking a hit of weed. I mean, this is like, a, I feel like a little bit time. more. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, intense. Yeah. I can attest to that. Like I definitely didn't necessarily do it for the right reasons. I was just experimenting with drugs when I tried shrooms for the first time. So how many times have you done it? Um, probably like four or five times. Really? And yeah. how would you describe your, your, uh, four or five times experiences? I mean, did it get better and better I mean, and better, like, or better and worse? Like yeah, this one was three okay. of them. Three of them. It was just like I didn't really take that much, but I just had like a euphoric experience. It was probably I would say it was kind of like <laughs> taking uh, Molly or something. Oh yeah. And and then like uh, the other two times, I like fully tripped, like, and it was great. The latter two times. Um, the first time and like the fourth time gotcha out of five <laughs> gotcha but they were all great but like those two those two times i like took like i don't know four grams which is you i mean yeah <laughs> especially the first time was my first time doing it ever so that was the craziest so do you most, the one that i remember the most and you know do you hallucinate when you uh this is like this is like the same um like this is the same like shrooms that Michael Pollan speaks about on his book, correct? I mean I can I don't know what kind I had. Like I was just Sure. But um I can only speak from like what I what happened to me. It was like when similar. I was there, like I was aware I was like there, like my I was aware of my body and like I was seeing some crazy shit, like shit was changing colors on the walls and moving like everything was in constant motion but it wasn't <laughs> right and i mean that was fine but i like chose to close my eyes <laughs> and when i because <laughs> it was just like way too crazy so I, I would close my eyes and then i would see like i just like went on a journey like somewhere else wow like they just like opened the door like this person like opened the door and then i just went through it and it was just like whew. 
it was like almost like geometric patterns and like yeah for sure but it was like inside of my own head so did you realize that you were like like were you like taking a nap or something like like how were like were you just like when i yeah i was just like laying on the couch okay and and when i and when i this was just the first time and um yeah when i um like close my eyes and open them like I I was aware that I was sitting on a couch and like right. she was going crazy but yeah I, I just came out with like some visions of the future after yeah, that that's like I saw myself crazy. performing like rapping my first, my first performance and whatnot at the Red Sea and shit like I saw that years before it happened you saw your performance at the Red Sea while you're on your journey yes and so and so <laughs> and, was this like a bird's eye view or like a first person? It view? was first person. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Can't explain it. Like but That is very, very intriguing. That's very interesting. But yeah, and then the other time was just like crazy visual outside walking around. Yeah. Crazy visual. But you know like consciously that like, okay, what I'm seeing is not actually there yeah yeah in this, like you're in this still aware thought. you're still aware like depend like but i mean if you do it for like if, if you take a concentrated amount and you do it like i can't imagine you could probably like completely go somewhere else like yeah just like close your eyes and completely go somewhere else this is I very this is very interesting and i and i wonder how many like um artists and you know, even athletes, politicians, you know, people, people that are prominent in our culture have gone on journeys like this using, um, uh, like drugs, like, um, the magic shrooms and like psilocybin and stuff like that. I wonder how common it is for, uh, people of that, um, celebrity and, and, you know, popularity to have done or have gone on experiences like this. Like that's what's intriguing to me and I think honestly it may be more common than people think especially in the in the artistry world with, with music and stuff like that definitely in the artistry world I mean if you think even back to what the was it the 60s or something with the Beatles and they're they're sure a flagship of that <laughs> like sure think about Woodstock back in the day the you know Woodstock. it just it was pretty prevalent and you could see the industry doing it and then nowadays, like, it's still there. It's just different genre. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hip-hop, ASAP Rocky talks about it. Talked about when... It's a song about it. Yeah, he made a song about it, made the visuals, made the music video for it. He yeah. even wrote, like, a... Or did an interview and talked about it, too. So, I mean, it, it's still there. It's been around for probably a while now. Right. Just different genre. Yeah. Hip-hop, Absol speaks a lot of, about that stuff. Yeah. I think Kanye's even... Slid a slid a line in about DMT in one of his songs <laughs> or one of his verses, so yeah, that's very interesting. I think it's definitely becoming more mainstream, like in some ways. But I think the most important part about it is the benefits that it can have for, like, mental health. Like mental, me, not only mental health, but just a lot of the things that like ail our society these days. Mental health. Um, you know, diseases, PTSD, PTSD, PTSD is a huge one. And I think it can bring a lot of people together in that way. 
you and know? they speak and they speak on this in the book like the benefits of definitely know, of taking definitely drug and like going on these it's definitely centered around that mm-hmm. I think it should be wow that's incredible I mean if that's if that's truly the answer we'd be stupid not to explore it right if it can benefit that many people so if it has these benefits there must be some dangers I know although you don't die <laughs> you can't die you can so, feel like so you're far, gonna die yeah so far as we know but yeah so like people may like kind of freak out because like you said yeah. you may feel like you're gonna die and so like what like what is that, what does that even mean just like I mean, your you, heart racing or you just gotta be what does Michael Pollan say about that you just gotta be aware of your mental state before going into it and just be honest with yourself and right so would you argue that like some people don't, well, yeah, like some people like if some te- people technically don't need to. Some people, but I mean, who's to say that that wouldn't have happened years down the road, anyways? Sure. Like if somebody just had a an episode after they, it might have like triggered it, but who's to say it wouldn't have happened right. later on in their life? Right. So. It's very interesting stuff. Very very interesting stuff. I would like to see. How this conversation, you know, starts coming about more often in, you know, as we go into the 2020s, a new age, a new decade. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to to hear uh, this conversation become more prominent and common in in our society, in our culture. And I think it'll benefit older people probably the most, too. Yeah, like, what if, like, an old person who had, like, dementia or something like that took, took shrooms or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Would they, like, remember something in their, who in knows? their, in their experience? Do you like, think that's oh, ever been tested? Like, so something might click. Something might click. It could be, it, who knows? I bet there's not a lot of old folks that have dementia that have tried Maybe back in the day they tried it, but I don't know if they've gone back to it, you know, so. And, like, even microdosing, like... Mm-hmm. What if you microdose it? You want to explain microdosing? I'm not the most familiar with it, but I think it's just like taking smaller amounts of it, uh, com- not more concentrated, just smaller amounts, yeah, it's, like daily. So uh, I don't know why, but it did. It was a trend over in tech in like the Bay Area or Silicon Valley. Yeah. So you hear about like programmers microdosing and then they go to work, and the whole idea was that it was like a small amount, like you said. And it it kind of, in their eyes, it kind of like stimulated them a little bit and made them more creative. So mm-hmm. when they're working, it's more creative and there's sure. more creativity, there's more innovation. And it's just a tiny amount where you're not like tripping or anything. It's just, it keeps you awake, stimulates your brain a little bit. Sure. And then it wears off after a little while and then, you know, you go home after work. Wow. Yeah. I remember reading about that. That was happening over in That's California. Cool. So they would habitually microdose. Yeah. Especially from what I read, it was something like, you know, you got a hard deadline. You got to put this like thing out daily. there. And so, I mean, it wasn't like daily for days and days and weeks at a time. It was like, we have deadlines. It's getting close to that deadline. We have a lot of stuff to do. You know, people talk about like, you know, there's Adderall. Like colleges, there's Adderall everywhere. I mean, it's like people in finals week, they take Adderall. In this case, it was microdosing. They had a bunch of stuff wow. to get done. They want to be innovative about it. They want to be creative, and they microdose. Wow. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear more about what they had to say about what they felt mentally. Or even 
I wonder if it works. Like, I wonder yeah, if they came yeah. out. Like, if you didn't give them that microdose, I wonder what that, like, on a creativity scale, like, what did, what's the comparison? Or, like, did you get more out of it? Like, I just want to see that difference. Like, how much did it affect you? That'd yeah. be really cool to look at. I don't yeah. know if there's a way to measure that, but that would be really cool to see. I mean, I think just ex- more experiments. Yeah. And I think it needs to be experimented, especially if people are willing to and if it's safe. I mean... It's not addictive, so why not understand it? Especially if it has these benefits that are just profound, <laughs> like yeah. stuff that we can't explain any other way. Like in the book, it there was an experiment about uh, I believe it was smokers after their experience with psilocybin, they eighty percent of them quit smoking. Like an, an astounding percentage wow so, really yeah I can't name the experiment but I just remember 80% that sounds healthy can't explain it any other way it's intriguing stuff yeah intriguing stuff listen to the conversations that we're having <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's cultural I mean I think I think there's gonna be more conversations like this I mean conversations are already being had about this so I think which are interesting to see how medical professionals, especially, and you know, politicians alike, will receive these types of uh, conversations moving forward. And but something tells me that they would just think of think of it as just blasphemous, you know, just like I feel like they would just like write it off, like no. But like if someone could bring the evidence, and you know, Michael Pollan has this book, and he has, I'm sure he has numbers, and I mean. If someone can straight up be like, hey, this is the facts, I did the research, why not try this? It may help us. I don't see why, like, I just find it hard to believe that someone wouldn't consider it, at least. I think it'd be state by state. I mean, the just same like thing marijuana. with like marijuana, yeah, like Washington legalized it, California, but that's on a state level, and not all the states that have it legalized now, they weren't first to the game, it was... I remember, was it California or was it Washington that was like the first state to do it? I think it was Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd be more based off like state to state level. I imagine that a lot of states that um, accepted marijuana first, like California, Washington, would be on board for something like this, yeah. the psilocybin stuff. You know? Just Potentially. Like yeah. Progressive states, out of the box thinkers well the likeliness would be higher because if you think about the people that are super against marijuana in the states that are they're definitely not going to be super for exactly anything I mean, if against marijuana i mean yeah that's why i find it hard to believe that they would endorse but i mean it, i guess it is kind of different in that a lot of marijuana use is recreational but um i feel like stuff with like psilocybin the magic shrooms wouldn't be as recreational at all what are there the studies, where did you do the studies? Was it like, are they kind of like legal at a university level? Like, are they allowed to do studies on... It wasn't like NYU. I believe that they yeah. were. Okay. At Johns Hopkins. Oh, okay. A lot of the studies. Johns happened. Hopkins? Yeah. And be more. So that'd be, that that'd be good yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, more studies around that. I'd like to see some of that stuff. And that's a reputable hospital. Like, Johns Hopkins is top yeah. of the line. Definitely. It's yeah. one of the top ones. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Research is ongoing in this department, so... Sure. 
hopefully, I mean, the politics doesn't hold it back from being what it could be while <laughs> while we're still here. Yeah. So we'll see. I think I think the way to go about it is probably the medicinal use. Yeah. Because I mean, the number you can't argue with the numbers, and if it's controlled, I think that it, it, it can be regulated in a way that it's not right um, you know harmful to people right make it as safe as possible make it make the experience as safe as possible like have places that you go to have this experience like do it the right way you know right. <laughs> just do this right like sorry we just start doing it, things right I think good how to change your mind Michael Pollan it's on Amazon, go cop that book. Each night before you go to bed, my baby. Thank you.